to episode 52, the FPL Amateurs of Oz podcast. Tonight, I've got a special co-host with me, the MVP of the Australian FPL community and also a good friend of mine, Matt Day. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, Q. And um, yeah, it's great to be back on the pod. Uh, I feel like it's been a while um, that I've been on the uh, FPL Amateurs of Oz pod. So, um, you know, it's good to be back um, and I'm looking forward to chatting everything for uh, the double game week 22. No, definitely, and as I as I've alluded to, um, we we speak regularly, so um, it feels like it hasn't been too long. But yeah, we haven't done sort of the audio podcast, only sort of the live streams whenever I hop on your sort of YouTube channel. So now it's good to talk some football tonight, and hopefully, you might be able to give me some good pointers for the upcoming game weeks because I'm about to quiz you about Spurs on this podcast because you know I'm liking <laughs> what I'm seeing from. Uh, I call him Bruce Wayne now that he's not wearing his mask, but uh, Son, he's looked really good lately. But we might get into how our sides went the previous week. So week 21, finished on 83 points with a nice 200K green arrow. So, you know, as I've spoken to you in our conversations, you know, I was uh, in the pits of about 5.2 million before the break. But, you know, I'm climbing my way up to, you know, the goal is top 500K, but, you know, I've got to I've got to keep it a realistic target, and then once I get there, I might be able to change it then. But you know, if I finish 500k, I'll be pretty happy. But I was lucky this week. I did Captain Harlan, who got the hat trick, and then also I had Fergulicious Ferguson, who got me a nice six <laughs> points to go along. So um, I'm really filthy though because yeah, know, decided oh, to kick his Fergie. leg off. He's Achilles. So <laughs> that's why you were so upset with the Fabinho tackle because I obviously it was a bad tackle by Fabinho in the FA Cup. Uh, between Brighton and Liverpool, and I, m- I remember you saying to me, "You're really annoyed with Fabinho," and and I understood, okay. But then now I realise you own Ferguson <laughs> in your FPL team. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, there was there was about probably, I reckon sixty percent was me. Just it was an absolute stupid tackle, and there was probably twenty five percent that was, you know, me <laughs> as an FPL owner, and then the rest was just I really like him and. I think I've been Same. talking to you the last few weeks, calling him the the regen uh, Harry Kane. So <laughs> he's so similar now. You're not wrong. Like when Kane first came on the scene, he would arrive into the box, flick headers on as well, make those one touch finishes, and then Ferguson does look very similar. But yeah, it's it's a shame about the injury, and obviously it's a shame for your FPL team because he'd got you a couple of returns. Yeah, no, definitely. The one was an accidental return because he was first sub and he come on, which, you know, I'm still <laughs> going to claim two, two returns for me. But how did your week 21 go, Matt? Um, look, 73 points, which is beat the average. So the average was 65. So, like, I'm happy with that. A couple of the good players, Kepa for Chelsea with nine points, um, which not many of us expected with the draw against Liverpool. Uh, Trippier, eight points, which is just, you know, you've spoke about him all season, um, but, like, he's just so consistent. And then outside of that, seven points for Rashford, uh, six points for Kane, which, you know, I think a couple of bonus points probably would have been deserved there. And then I'd Harlan captain um, for the hat-trick. But, yeah, 73 points, although it was an okay score, um, I felt a little bit let down because, like, Luke Shaw come off my bench with zero points. Uh, Dunk didn't get the clean sheet. Um, he only got one point away at Leicester. Um, Tony didn't score. Uh, Solly March, who I bring in, didn't score. Kulazewski didn't return. So I felt like it was one of those weeks that it, it could have just been a little bit better. Um, but like, I got a green arrow. 
um, still down in the in the millions. Um, but hoping like you that I can sort of get into the you know, top 500k would be good enough for the way the season's gone. Um, but look, still enjoying FPL, still loving the game. Um, you know, still, still the main thing that you know we always talk about. So, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> game week 22. You know, there's it just gets tougher these days now when the teams that have already obviously started really well and doing well, and then everyone kind of ends up with the same players and the same teams. That it gets a bit more difficult to you know to gain. But like, yeah, let's see how game week 22 goes because it is a double game week. No, definitely. I mean, I've got a, I've got a couple of players under my sleeve at the moment that I'm going to unleash um, for some differentials in the upcoming game week. So you know, that's what it's all about is trying to find, I guess, the next, the next person that people will jump on. And sometimes it's hard because the one, the players that are looking the best are the ones that everyone has. So yeah, I agree with you there. Eddie's getting a bit hard. Everyone's sort of getting the same plays and making the same moves. But you know, I think between me, yourself, and also D10, who we talk to regularly, I'm sure we can come out for a couple of differentials that might help us. But you know, so. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bank on it. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, we might get into the podcast league. So at the moment, in first place, we've got Hungo's eleven uh, sitting on thirteen sixty. Second place, we've got Klops and Robbers thirteen twenty one. <laughs> in third place, we've got. Arua Ostriches in thirteen nineteen, and we got FPL EJ in fourth place on thirteen oh one, and unprotected Cess on thirteen hundred, <laughs> rounding out the top five. Which Kyle is killing it this year. Um, he hasn't messaged me yet, so he hasn't gloated yet. So hopefully he's not listening. He doesn't then message me tomorrow to let me know how bad I am at FPL. But we'll get into our top score for the week, which is FPL Point Break. He. Scored a massive, hold on, I just had it up here, That's 97 points, uh, which is absolutely ridiculous. I don't think I've come close to getting wow. the top score in my own podcast league, so it's quite embarrassing for myself. But um, a massive week from Andrew. He's the top scorer Huge. of our league, and you know we'll be sending you out a, a, maybe a, a podcast coaster or a stubby cooler when we do get them. So, you know, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we awesome. might get into... <laughs> yeah, actually, that is the plan in, down the track to have some uh, free merch to give out to our, you know, valuable listeners. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. People that, yeah. <laughs> Whether yeah. there's much value in those, you know, you might hold on to them, they'll gain some value over the next sort of 20 to 30 years, but we'll see how <laughs> Once we go. you win FPL. <laughs> 100%, mate. That's all i got to do. i just got to win FPL and then, yeah. It all comes in then. Um, we might, before we get into the games, we might talk about our own sides. So Manchester United, they've been incredible. It's It's been a depressing few years for myself as a Man United supporter just because, um, yeah, we're kind of, it's almost like I'd say we're the bipolar side of the Premier League. You just don't know <laughs> um, which Man United is going to show off. Are they going to lose 4-0 to Brentford or are they going to beat Manchester City? You just... You know, the past, we've never been able to tell which side's going to turn up. But recently, we've looked really good, and, you know, Rashford's been awesome. He um come off the bench this morning in the Cup in about 30, I think about 34 minutes off the bench and managed two assists and almost scored a goal as well. So he's been in, I would probably say, equally best form I've seen him. I think maybe the mm-hmm. season, not last season, the season before, he was really good, but... Um, he's just been incredible, and just the way Ten Hag has them playing football at the moment is, you know, a joy to see. And you know, I'm pretty confident heading into this double that you know we can get maximum points and make a push for 
Uh, I wouldn't say to push for the title, but just maybe secure a top four position. And then hopefully if things go away, we might be in the title conversation, but not getting ahead of myself. But, you know, I'm really interested uh, in your take on um, how United's looked, mate. Have you been impressed with them or are you kind of sort of waiting to see a bigger sample size? Um, I think they've done very well. I don't think anyone can come out and, and sort of criticise Man United at the moment with their with their form. Um, you know, they're in the top four at this stage. Okay, they're not in a title race, um, but you know they're you know they're looking better. Um, you know, they're on a, a a long run of. I guess the only one thing I can say is I was disappointed that they lost to Arsenal. I was very disappointed that there was, you know, that last minute goal. I just, you know, I felt like maybe the corner would have, you know, not been completely turned from Man United, but it would have been, you know, a bit more turned if United had been able to sort of hold on and, and get the draw or even win that game from one nil up. But you take that result away. There's been some great results for Man United, like the Man City game. Um, you know, they've made them their way into a League Cup final. Uh, they're still in the FA Cup. Um, you know, they've had a lot of really, really good wins. And I think one of the biggest things for Man United at the moment too, which had disappeared, was their home form is really good. Like, I remember when Man United, you go to Old Trafford and you just be really worried as an away team and you just pretty much think, now we're not going to get anything. And then... You know, the last few years, it's felt like Old Trafford's been a nice place to play again. And, um, yeah, it's... Catalina wine mix every time. Yeah. But now, like, it's, you know, that's one of the main things I think Ten Hugs wanted to do is looked at it and thought, Old Trafford has to be a fortress again. And And he's doing that and he's making it a difficult place to play because, you know, he knows he's got still got so much work to do, Um, you know, consistency and you know and 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 that type of thing um but he he looks at it and thinks well if we can get the home form that's you know that's half the battle and he's been winning a lot of home games as for the players i think rashid's been ridiculous like you mentioned the best form i think this is the best form like i know he had that period a few years ago but which was really good on the solskjaer but i feel like this is even better i feel like he is like doing ridiculous things with the ball. Um, and this is some of the best form I've seen him on. Um, yeah, I think he's been really impressive. Bruno's starting to look a lot better now. He's kind of looking more like the Bruno we knew prior to the Cristiano Ronaldo sort of era at Man United. And Bruno's starting to look quite good. I think, you know, the one thing for United, I think, is they need to really solidify that defence because it was just too... I know Arsenal have been a good side this season, but to let three goals in a way in a big game, just a lot of goals. And I think like Varane, Martinez, Shaw, and then whether or not it's Basaka or Dallow, um, and then obviously with De Gea in goal, like need to keep Casemiro fit and, and make sure he doesn't get another ban. And then, you know start racking up the clean sheets and, and keeping those bigger games tight because I still I know United have had some games where there's been clean sheets like the Bournemouth game the Forest games the Wolves games but like I still feel like in the game to slightly tougher teams that that they can you know goals can be conceded so I think then another step for United now is to you know solidify that defence a bit too um, 
because United have got they've definitely got the players and you've got the coach. But yeah, now United at the moment are on a strong sort of seven and a half out of ten, and then you know with the what if if they end up with a cup and Champions League football and you know they could end up having a, a solid sort of eight out of ten season. So yeah. Yeah, you must you know, be happy. So, <laughs> no, I, I am very happy. I, I do agree, though, with the defense because even in the Bournemouth game, I think there was about a 10, 15 minute period where they had three really, really good chances. And I think we've done that every single week against teams where mm. we switch off for that 10, 15 minutes. And a lot of the time, we we escape without conceding. But against Arsenal, you saw, I think there was a 15 minute period with Basaka. He just wasn't marking his player and they got two yeah. goals. So, um, definitely agree with you on that one. But, yeah, it is a good time to be a Man United supporter at the moment. But we might get into your Spurs, mate. They've looked they looked a lot better in the Cup. I know a lot of people say, yeah. you know, it was against a, less, a lesser quality team. But as I've said to you, form is form. When they're playing good football, it's at least a push in the right direction. But what are your – what's your take been on Spurs the last few weeks, mate? Yeah. It's an interesting one because before the World Cup, Spurs started to go on a little bit of bad sort of bad form where they were they were and it happened obviously a little bit post World Cup, but they were going two 0 down in games, one 0 down in games. They're all over the place at the back um, for sort of the last four or five weeks before the World Cup, and it kind of all just you know I really because we had a solid strong start to the season without ever really looking that good in any games, but we still looked like we were going to be difficult to beat, I felt, because we, we had a good run. Um, and then we had that bit before the World Cup where we just become really easy to play against and we're letting in a lot of goals. And that kind of coming again post-World Cup, we had those dodgy results against Villa and went a couple of goals down to Brentford and then we hammered Palace, but then we got outplayed by Arsenal. Well, we lost to Arsenal and got outplayed in parts, but we still had chances to score in that game. Um, and then we had the City game, 2-0 up, but then they beat us 4-2. But again, you know, Man City can kind of do that to anyone. But then we had that game against Fulham last time out where we defended really well for 90 minutes. Fulham were a good side as well this season. Beat them away 1-0. Never really looked like we were in trouble. And yeah, it's strange. And then the Preston game managed to, you know, Kane was ill. He didn't play. Um, Okay, it's Preston, but we went out and it was comfortable and we actually were playing really good football. And it kind of feels like, what I'm hoping is with Dan Juma coming in, okay, it's a loan signing, but there's an option to buy, same as Pedro Porro. I'm hoping that what can happen is all the nonsense that's been going around about is Conte going to leave, is does he want to be at the club? I feel like now it's a case of he's almost like a caretaker manager where we don't know if he's going to be there at the end of the season, but he still really <laughs> wants to win yeah. a trophy with Spurs and, and do well because he wants he wants that on his record. And I'm almost looking at it as a bit of a free hit now for Conte and Spurs. And it's like these two signings are improvements on the squad, the team. Yeah. They could be because we were saying this this time last year about Spurs, are oh, they just look a bit all over the place, they're losing games. And then they went on that run where Benton Core and Kulazewski come in the team. And they would remember yep. the end of last season. Son, Kulusevski were getting like two goals and two assists per game. It was crazy. We we didn't lose for about ten matches, and we only dropped a couple of games on draws. And we were scoring a lot of goals. And I, I get a feeling like 
that could happen again, but we really, really need to, because we don't have the best uh, defence or centre-backs. We just need to organise the defence, hope that we yeah. can get Perisic fit, playing well every game, Porro integrated into the team. And we need Richarlison back because Son's form hasn't been good. But now he's got that bit of confidence from having the freedom because he's not had much freedom this season. He got given all the freedom he wanted in the FA Cup, scored a couple yep. of goals. And we could hopefully see the Son we saw at the end of the last season. So now, like I'm thinking, well, we also need Richarlison fully fit and scoring goals because if we can get Kulusevski, Kane, Richarlison, Son and Dan Juma all fit and firing... There's no excuses for this team to not do well with Benton Core in there as well and Hoivier and Romero and Danju- uh, uh, Pedro Porro and Perisic. So hopefully it could be a bit of a corner turn for Spurs. Like, I'm not going to say it's this weekend because we've got Man City at home and Man City can beat anyone on their day. They're just that good. But from then on, yeah. Leicester away, West Ham home, Chelsea home, obviously two derby games, but... Uh, Wolves away, Forest home, Southampton away. These are games that that run could be a good run for Spurs to start sort of picking the form. So look, I'm not going to say anything in terms of winning the FA Cup or going far in the Champions League or finishing in the top four because the what I've seen from Spurs this season, we we do not look like we can make it. Like it just, I just can't say it's going to happen. Yeah, but I'm hoping that. Maybe Conte's experience and these couple of signings could, and and a fit Rich Allison and a fit Romero because he wasn't fit for some of the first half of the season could hopefully spur us on and then Benton Core coming back too. But yeah, we'll see, mate. It's um, it's tricky because we're not on say the form of Man United like your team, Man United, but we're not far off um, the top four. It's not like we're bottom half we're yeah, still it's not fifth, like a Liverpool mate. yeah yeah so <laughs> we're hanging in there for now so like that's the other side of it so hopefully we click but yeah I don't want to it's not I'm probably not as optimistic as what I have been on other podcasts when I've come on with Spurs because I haven't seen enough consistency or I haven't seen enough this season I've, I've seen maybe two or three good games and then the rest yeah. have been pretty average so yeah, I think at the moment it's just a case of wait and see with Spurs, and yeah, but we're hanging in there. No, I, I agree, and just the point of the bringing those two players in. I know I agree with you. Last year, Spurs were sort of not stale, but kind of not doing much, and then the two players come in, Bentoncourt and Kulicheski, and he's just looked like a completely different side. And you know, I make I'm going to make a bold point here you can pull me up and tell me to get my head a wobble <laughs> but I'm going to say Poro is going to do what Trippier done to Newcastle I think he's going to be really good and he's going to give them an outlet out wide also strong defensively but I think he's actually going to boost that attack because you're going to have Perisic on one side then Poro on the other side so I, yeah. I think he's actually going to be really good for you guys and I think that's going to open the the game up a bit because they're going to have to mark Kane even tighter now because what I've seen from him in my YouTube um, scouting mission is that he does have good ball delivery. So I think Kane's going to get a lot more opportunities and I think that's going to open the field up for the likes of Son and Dan Zuma and then also Richarlison, who I reckon is underrated 
with his aerial ability as well. Because I think he can he can be decent as well. No, I agree, and I think just to go to Pedro Porro, I think that, that's a good point because having two fullbacks that can attack um, and bring something else to the team, we saw it with Robertson and Trent for so long. How yeah, like vital that can be in a team system. We just haven't quite had that with Emerson Royal or even Doherty, who's been injured and stuff. I want to quickly add as well, Pedro Porro has been revealed as a five million pound signing in FPL. So when Spurs have this, day. it's very good. When Spurs have this fixture on Leicester, West Ham, Chelsea, Wolves, Forest, Southampton, Everton, Brighton, Bournemouth, it could be a good run. And Porro did get, I think, three goals and eleven assists at one stage at Lisbon. It might have been last season. Um, so yeah, price reveal for Pedro Porro, five million. Yeah, no, I like it. Yeah, I'm just having a look at their fixtures now. So outside of obviously Liverpool, United, Newcastle, and obviously Man City this week, their runs actually really good. Mm, if we can so, get it and together, yeah, <laughs> if you can get it together. <laughs> but also, there are going to be doubles as well coming up. So you know if. If Spurs can sort of get a double, that might be an alternative to the triple captain debate, maybe getting a Harry Kane in, possibly. Yeah, but, true. Um, it's true. But yeah, that that's a you know, that's um too far to think about now, but that's just I think I was listening to a pod today and I'm talking about it that no one's spoken about if Spurs get it together and Kane has a double and, you know, it could be Leeds and, you know, Nottingham Forest or something, whether that is a pretty attractive double as well. But we'll get into our preview. So we'll start with the first game of the round, which is Fulham against Chelsea. Um, I think this game, I'm going to say this game is going to be a game for Chelsea to win. I think they need to probably kickstart their role of these new players. I'm not sure whether they're all going to be integrated into the side to start, but I'm thinking that... They can definitely get a good win at home against Fulham. I'm going to say 2-0 to Chelsea. And my pick for this game is going to be Modric. He looked amazing. Oh, yeah. I was I was literally texting Dan um, as I was watching the game saying <laughs> it's the hazard regen. The hazard regen is on the pitch and he's absolutely killing Liverpool. So I think that he's definitely a pick to watch. I'm not sure whether he'll start this week, but I'm hoping he does because... Chelsea's fixtures aren't too bad either, so he's one that I've got on the watch list, and I think he could be a nice little differential this week against Fulham. What are your thoughts, Matty? Yeah, it's well, this is this is a derby game, so Chelsea-Fulham is both West London, so this is actually traditionally a derby game, and Fulham did win it last time, 2-1, which was part of that double game week a few weeks ago. Um, yeah. I, do I think Fulham can repeat that? Possibly. Chelsea have obviously made ridiculous amount of signings. Like, it's just incredible how many players have signed. And, you know, they're still not been great of late. Um, when they scraped that 1-0 a few weeks ago at home, I can't remember who it was against. It might have been Wolves, maybe. I can't, I can't remember who they beat at home 1-0 a few weeks ago. But it was uh, they really scraped it. And then the 0-0 against Liverpool. Like, I agree, Mudrick looked brilliant like he did look really really good and threatening so maybe that could take some pressure off Chelsea a little bit um I, I can see it dragging to a 1-0 or even a 1-1 um you know Fulham have a bit about the Mitrovic Pereira 
um, have been really good. Willian. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go sort of 1-0, one, 1-1. One, one. Um, and I mm. think if you've got Kepa and Ward, you play Kepa this week. Yeah, I'm in that position. I think I've got Kepa on the field at the moment. Yeah, it's going to be Kepa for me. Yeah, because one thing Fulham will do, they will get their chances, but I think it's a good opportunity for save points as well. And if they can hopefully keep the clean sheet, you might be looking at another double-digit haul, which would be nice. Um, We'll get into our next fixture, which is Everton at home to Arsenal. This, surprisingly, (laughs) this is I didn't realise how much of a tough fixture this has been for Arsenal. So the last three games, they haven't got a single win. They've got a draw and two losses. So... I don't know. Do you think that Everton can keep it tight against Arsenal or do you think Arsenal at the moment is just mm. their attack's too good? Everton have of late had a decent record against Arsenal at home. But prior to that, Everton would traditionally get hammered by Arsenal at home and, and like big hammerings. last few years, Everton have been able to pull out results, but... When Arsenal, it's hard to say, when they're playing this good football, teams like Everton and the form they've been on, like it's just going to be such a struggle. The one saving grace for Everton is they've got the ginger Mourinho in, as in Sean Dyche, is in. <laughs> and like we know, okay, he's only been there a few days, but you know, I've already seen that he's been wearing the... Um, the Adidas Copa Mundial boots at training, the old school black and white football <laughs> boots. He means business. He's ready for this. So, you know, he will organise Everton uh, and he'll get them set out probably into quite a low block. And he's got his friend Tarkovsky in defence there and he'll be playing for, for set pieces in this game. His job is to come in and keep Everton up. This game against Arsenal yeah. is not a game he's expected to come in and win. Anything he gets out of this game is a lottery. Um <laughs> But I agree. Arsenal are previous Arsenal sides. You'd look at and say this is tough. Like they could lose this one nil or one one. Um, but this Arsenal side is keeping clean sheets in away matches, defending yeah. well and organised against most sides. Um, lots of one nil wins away. So I can see them winning this one by by two goals to nil. I just don't think Everton have anything in there. It won't be an easy rollover like Everton will have their moments, but yeah, this isn't the type of game that like it might be Deitch's first game, but like you know he's he's got other games where he can get points and keep Everton up. And I think it's going to be two nil to Arsenal. And um, yeah, I can't see Everton getting anything out of it. Yeah, nice. I actually did hear something that Dosh has got them wearing shin pads and long socks to training because they're going to simulate game, uh, real life game situations. So I'm not sure whether that's, you know, two footed tackles or um, what's going to be going on. But, you know, uh, Arsenal could just be getting hacked for 90 minutes if that's uh, if that's true and that's the type of training they're doing. But I agree. I think Arsenal wins this game 2-0. And I might just point out Odegaard has a decent record against them. Two, last two games okay. got two goals. So, you know, someone worth looking at. Obviously, he's starting to get highly owned now. A lot of people are jumping on him. But if you don't have him, I definitely think he's a decent option because then you can have him for the double next week as well. And Nketiah... Also has a good record against Everton, two goals in his last three games for them as well. So 
I think um, definitely an option. I'm not sure about Jesus, how far off he is. People are saying um, maybe 25, but, you know, as an FPL owner of Nekedia, you know, bring Jesus back about week 30 and um, just give him a good rest. But, yeah, I think that um, definitely there is an opportunity if you don't have sort of that Odegaard, I think you can definitely get him this week and then use him for the next few weeks. But we'll get on to our next game, which is Brighton versus Bournemouth. Um, I'm hoping for my sake that this is going to be a nice win for Brighton, lots of goals, <laughs> and Solly March is going to be the man of the moment, hopefully. But obviously the way Matoma's playing at the moment, he's just an absolute cheat code. He looks good. He's performing. He's getting the stats, getting the goals, and you know, making a, a, a good friend of ours, D10, very yeah, he's happy. He's loving it. Yeah, he's so loving it, isn't I think, he, Matoma? <laughs> I think Matoma's been uh, nicknamed Dr. Dribble on a few podcasts <laughs> that I've listened to. So um, definitely um, he's been on fire lately. But, yeah, I think Brighton will be too good for Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth will put up a good fight. But I think Brighton, I think they might have too much in this game. But, yeah, I'm going to go 2-0 to Brighton. What about you, Matty? Um, I think Bournemouth have too many injuries. Too many injuries yep. right now. Um, so looking at that, Brighton's form, I'm going to say Brighton to win the game by two goals to nil as well, maybe three. Um I need to yeah, sort to have three just in case um, Matoma needs a goal to go. Solly March is done. <laughs> yeah, let's go 3 0. And honestly, please, Solly March, please outscore Matoma because I was on Matoma weeks ago. I put him in one of my draft teams. I've had him for a long time. I test, loved him, watched him in that game, Arsenal versus Brighton. And I said, Matoma's coming in. Then I changed my mind and said, you know what? Solly March is the man. Solly March goes on two or three weeks of double-digit hauls. I bring March in, no points, Matoma scores. So, you know, I really need something from from March. I really do, and I know you do as well. So, 3-0 Brighton, (laughs) Solly March to – and look, I'm considering – and I know I just said Arsenal will keep a clean sheet at Everton because they probably will, and I'm going to make a silly mistake and probably bench Ben White. Potentially going to play Lewis Dunk – and I'm going to back him to score if he plays. I'm getting a feeling if he plays, he could be like my uh, Adam Webster from last season when I bring Adam Webster in oh, yeah, yeah. as my differential against Watford on a double game week. And he scored in the first game with a clean sheet and it was just phenomenal. Dunk's been in my team since the restart and he's only time he's picked up points, he was on my bench. So I'm hoping this weekend, can, what do I do? Bench white bench dunk and I'm thinking do I just go for the fact that Bournemouth have got so many injuries and dunk might pop up like he scored in the FA Cup and sometimes you get these defenders that score in the cup and then they follow it up the week after with a goal in the league so yeah that's kind of where I'm at in that one but yeah 3-0 Solly March Hall please no I like it and um just to touch on obviously the debate between Matoma and Solly March Sully March missed an absolute sitter from about six yards. It was off a Matoma cross, but, you know, us owners could have got a return last game week, but he yeah, missed okay. an absolute he sitter. It, yeah. Yeah, he did I think he slipped. he slipped over and it came off like his shin or something and managed to get it over the bar. And all he had to do was he could have laid down and hit it with his shoulder and it would have went in. So, um, 
yeah, sucks to be a Solly March owner last week, but, you know, I'm banking on the biggest sample size that I've seen. Uh, I think, you know, he's going to get his opportunities this week, hopefully. Well, we'll get into our next game, which is going to be a blockbuster clash of, you know, the, one of the informed teams in the Premier League at the moment. You've got Manchester United up against Crystal Palace. Um, we did see in their last game against Palace, uh, it was a little bit tight. Um, we did have our chances, but, you know, didn't finish. But at home, it's a bit different. We're really good at home and Palace aren't great away. So I'm going to say 3-1 to Manchester United against Crystal Palace. I think 3-1. this is, yeah. So I'm going to say we might concede. I just feel like we, as I said, we've got that 10 minute period where we switch off and, you know, I just could see us, you know, up 2 nil. Everything's going good. We switch off next minute. Zaha gets in behind the defensive line and then puts in a ball and then makes it, you know, a tight finish and we get, you know, that third goal to sort of get us home. But, yeah, I think United um, are going to continue their run of form and I think they're going to score three goals. And I think Rashford and Bruno are going to have a decent day. I'm going to say Rashford gets two goals, but, you know, I could easily see Bruno getting two goals like we've seen in the past that, you know, it can differ between which player is going to get the big return. But I actually like Casemiro as a bit of a outsider for this game. He's looked incredible and he has, um, oh, he is playing deep, but he is getting those long balls and we all know what Rashford does. He likes to get him behind the defense. So, I think he could be a nice little differential. And just to point out to Bruno, I saw today they've changed their formation around with Ericsson out. So he played in a middle three instead of that number 10 rolling behind the striker. Mm, do you think okay. that's going to hinder Bruno or do you think he's still going to get that freedom anyway and go forward whenever he wants? Who did he play in the three with? Um, it was him, Casemiro, and Fred from memory. Yeah. Or have a look. Get That's the thing. Yeah. I would have said if Casemiro... Yeah, Fernando's Casemiro and Fred, but he did get four, but he did have Anthony in front of him, so okay. he was kind of dropping in more centrally. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, when United... It depends how free they Fernandez is and how much freedom they allow Fernandez. When Fernandez is allowed freedom, he just pops up on the end of everything. Like that year a few years ago where he just kept scoring yeah. goals and like it just depends how much freedom he has. Um Yeah. It it could possibly, um without Ericsson, but then at the same time I do feel that when Casemiro wasn't there against Arsenal, Ericsson and Fernandez both had to do a little bit more legwork anyway. So yeah. maybe Casemiro and Fred might do a lot of that work for Fernandez and then he will be able to have a bit more of a free role. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I'd be interested to see if Ten Hag maybe even. Nah, he will probably play Weghorst when he Weghorst, Rashford and uh, maybe Anthony or Martial, yeah. Will it hamper him? I don't know because Fernandez has got five returns in his last five games. I don't think that's going to stop. Um, yeah. So now I don't think it's going to hamper him getting points. Um, will it hamper him getting big, massive scores? Um, I don't think other than that 19-point haul he got in, in the 
in that double game week recently. I think other than that, he's not really been getting huge hauls anyway. So I think it won't hamper his scores. I think he'd still be getting sort of five or six points um, over both games, but I, I don't think it's going to hamper anything more because I, I, he's not someone that's been scoring, you know, a goal a game like he did a few years ago anyway. So, um, yeah. yeah, it'd be an interesting one though. He's still a great pick as is, um, you know, Luke Shaw and, um, and, and Marcus Rashford, of course. So what? how do you think this game's going to go? Are you picking United to continue their run or do you think Palace can score. keep it tight? Uh, United winning this. Um, look, Crystal Palace have actually been a bit of a banana skin for Man United down, down recent years. We saw in the away game when Palace scored in the last minute. Um, they've won at Old Trafford over the last couple of years at some point. Um, but... Palace's form's poor. Okay, they drew to Newcastle and drew to United. Okay, that, that that's good results. But before that, they lost to Chelsea. They also lost in the FA Cup. I remember we beat them 4-0. Um, yeah, there's just something about Palace's season that, you know, they're, they're sticking it out. They're, they're kind of like mid-table. But, um, yeah, I think they'll lose. I'm going to go Man United to win 3-0. Um, clean sheet. I think Luke Shaw will grab an assist. He'll get bonus points. Um, I think Bruno Fernandez will get two assists. Rashford will also score. And then I'm really liking um, the Argentinian or the Uruguayan. Is it Ganacho? Yeah, Ganacho. Yeah. Ganacho. I'm really liking him. I'm backing him to maybe come on and make a, a late appearance. But Maybe Weghorst to grab a goal as well. I think a lot of people are completely overlooking Weghorst for this double game week because Ten Hag fancies him in his team. And, you know, I just feel like he's going to get a goal at Old Trafford um, in maybe a goal in each game because he let us all down last season in double game weeks. And I feel like this is this is a Imagine. good double game week. Yeah, it's a good double game week for Weghorst. <laughs> so I think for me, 3-0, Weghorst goal, Bruno assist, Rashford goal, Bruno assist, um, and then uh, Luke Shaw to get an assist for someone. And then, um, yeah, 3-0 three, three to United. Just without Zaha, Palace won't score. Yeah, I didn't, actually didn't realise Zaha's not playing. So, yeah, actually, maybe I'm not confident in them scoring. But uh, we might just cover also the Leeds fixture as well. So, many and I do double up. They have Leeds. Um, I know you spoke about it on your um, video you just put up recently, but they're, United have a great record against the Leeds. They score lots of goals as well. I think I was just looking now. So their last um, so their last three home games against the Leeds, um, United scored 15 goals. So in the last wow. four games um, in total, they've scored 14 goals. So, uh, sorry, 16 goals, sorry. So, yeah, they're... <laughs> They've had a great record against the Leeds. Leeds do score goals as well against United, but yeah, United are whacking in that massive amount of goals. And Bruno, as you mentioned, has a massive record against them as well. Six goals, one assist in his last four games against Leeds. So yeah, he loves it. You know, he loves that fixture. Yeah. He, uh, I was kind of trying to look at uh, Rashford's games against Leeds, but he actually hasn't played Leeds often. I think he's only played them twice. Um, okay. in the last probably two two to three seasons. So I think he must have been out injured when they played them. So he hasn't really got, the I guess, the stats against Leeds. So it's a little bit 
yeah, you're not going to find too much, but I might just point to Rashford, 10 goals in his last 11 starts in all competitions since the World Cup break. So he's in fine form. And yeah, I think is. that... Um, he's ridiculous at with, the moment. Oh, it's a, like, as we mentioned, he's, he's probably not going to be like a Harlan who's going to be in three, four goals, but I think he's just going to be consistently ticking along. And when he does score, he features in the bonus heavily as well. So all we need is a goal maybe in an assist in, in one of these games, and you're looking at three bonus as well. So um, I think there's a bit of upside there, especially with the extra point you get for clean sheets as well. So definitely a good triple captain op- uh, option. And also, Shaw, you spoke about him. Ericsson not playing now because he's got that long-term injury. Shaw's going to be on a lot of the corners and set pieces as well. So and that also – um, a point for Bruno as well. I think Bruno will be taking set pieces as well. So, do you think um, Luke Shaw could be a good triple captain option? Because Palace don't. I don't think they're going to score. So you get like there's a strong chance of a clean sheet for Luke Shaw. We've seen when Luke Shaw keeps clean sheets, he gets bonus. He could yeah. get forward. I'm not sure who's going to be on that right-hand side for Palace. Um, but obviously Luke Shaw goes up that left-hand side against against the right-hand side. Luke Shaw gets an attack in return in that, right? Then the Leeds game. Oh, I'm just getting this feeling and thinking, is, could Luke Shaw be a triple captain option? Like, he's on <laughs> set pieces. Seen about said, yeah? yeah, so he takes the corners on the, I think it's the left-hand side. Okay. I think from memory, it's either the left-hand side or the right-hand side. Um, he takes the corners, plus he takes the indirect free kicks as well. So um, I think there's so, a little bit of upside there. Well, imagine he scores in the first game, clean sheet bonus, 15 points, and then the next game gets a clean sheet, gets an assist, gets two bonus. You know, you're getting 26 points. Like on the flip side, both games end up three one to Man United. He doesn't score, and then you know doesn't get clean sheets, and he just gets two points each game. But <laughs> it is an interesting one. It's an interesting one, and it's one that I look at and I think this could be one of those weeks, like when we had the John Stones one a few years ago, where John Stones scored like two goals um, in in a in a game week once and got like twenty something points in a double game week. Whereas you're going to see all these people online showing how they triple captain Luke Shaw on the game week that Luke Shaw gets 30 points as you know just these things just happen and yeah it's been crossing my mind lately lately and I'm just like imagine that because no Zaha okay Leeds could be quite attacking but again yeah Luke Shaw corners free kicks yes it's it's something to consider yeah, it's going to just depend, obviously, because one of these fixtures he might get pushed into a centre back role as well. So yeah, okay. Which I mean, he still gets forward. I think uh, last time he played centre back, he scored a goal. So <laughs> I'm not really going to write him off uh, if they do put him in the centre there. But you know, I think a three-one win to us against Leeds. I think we will concede. I think Leeds have looked de- uh, somewhat better in attack lately. So you know, I could see maybe Bamford or uh, Nonto getting a, a a goal, but. Yeah, I, I'm picturing probably at least six goals out of these two fixtures this week. So I think anyone who's got, obviously, these attacking assets from United, you're going to be pretty happy. But are you all on the same lines with this, or do you think that um, Leeds could, you know, score a few more goals? 
Leeds look quite blunt this season. Like I watched them against Brentford a couple of weeks ago at Ellen Road and okay, the David Raya obviously got a really big score um and made some saves and some really good saves, but I don't know. Leeds just it's not doing it for me at the moment in front of goal. Like maybe a one goal, but I feel like for them to score a goal at the moment, they're they're trying so hard. Like then the goals yeah. aren't just coming naturally for them. So like I'd probably say for me, United have an eighty percent chance of a clean sheet. I like it, man. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll take it. But yeah, I I. I did was thinking about Shaw the other day. I'm like, imagine if he did actually keep a clean sheet and get one attack in return. Um, you'd be laughing because, yeah, I don't think anyone's even thinking about Shaw. So um, that's They're definitely not. worth uh, worth a bit of food for thought there because I think that um, we've seen a trippy as well. There's been a, a few people that have been like, imagine if we just – um, Captain Trippier this week and you know no one's done it and then he's come out with like a 15 point haul and everyone's like oh it was you know staring us right in the face and we never ever had a look at it yeah, so true it's so true everyone sort of dismisses the the defenders but we've seen how good they can be lately especially the fullbacks yeah definitely well we get into our next fixture which is Wolves at home to Liverpool this uh, over the years uh, at home for Wolves, it's been actually quite a tricky fixture for Liverpool. Um, but the defence I saw last week, uh, last game week from Wolves, even a struggling Liverpool, I think that they might be able to score some goals and I'm going to pick them to win this game at 2-0. I think Salah, um, he does have an all right record against um, Wolves, he does have two goals in last two games against um, last three games. Sorry, against um, the Wolves. So I think that Salah is going to be my pick this week, and he's almost at the level of being a bit of a differential because people are selling him. So I think if you do have Salah, I definitely think he's a hold, especially after what I saw from Wolves against Manchester City. I think that there's a bit of upside there for your sort of Liverpool assets. I probably wouldn't go out and buy them now, um, but if you do Neither. have them, I definitely think they're a hold for now, <laughs> at least. Um, what are your thoughts, Manny? Look, I've, I've always been obviously a big advocate of Salah, Robertson, Trent, obviously Yotta and Diaz, but they're in, they're injured, so you know we can't really speak about them right now. Um, I've always been an advocate of those players, even an Allison Van Dyke, who's obviously injured now. Um, plenty of Liverpool players, even Darwin Nunes. I had him against Southampton when he got two goals this season. And for now, though, I can't advocate for any of their players um, because there's just there's just they're just not worth having. There's better players, there's better value. Um, this game you can't even predict. Like Liverpool are letting goals in for fun. Um, they've got a lot of injuries, but even the players that are coming in are, are poor. They they just look all over the place. And then you've got Wolves on the other side of it who do look improved under their new coach. But again, they 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 barely score a goal anyway. So yeah, for this fixture, who are you really going to look at and think? All right, I want them in my team. Like, there's there's not anyone from either side that you're going to look at and think, I really, really want, I really, really think I need him this week. So 
for me, it's got maybe a one nil to Wolves or Liverpool one one sort of written all over it. Maybe one player that you would probably fancy from this fixture is Jose Sarr. That's probably the one man <laughs> oh, that you'd fancy because you love Jose Sarr. He's obviously a quality keeper, but he's an FPL cult hero. But yeah, for Liverpool, like if you got Salah now, I'd just sell him. Bring in Bruno Fernandes, bring in De Bruyne for the double game week or Mares probably more so than De Bruyne. Um, but get rid of him. Bring in, bring in an extra money night midfielder um, or bring in Saka or... You know, just just get rid of him. Get rid of Salah. And it's sad because <laughs> Salah's been he's been the best FPL player in in history, probably, alongside of of the last five or six years, alongside Harry Kane. Salah's obviously edged it because he's been a midfielder, but they've they've been two of the best. But Salah, yeah, this is um it's it's just not his season, unfortunately. Yeah, no, nah, I'm sort of like, um, if you can picture the captain of the Titanic in the movie, uh, just waving to everyone that's getting away on the lifeboats, that's me at the moment with Salah. I'm going to hold him for one more <laughs> week, go down with the ship. And, if, um, you know. Oh, so you still have him? Yeah, I still have him. So I was going to uh, get him out. You watch for, him get um, a hat trick now, you've kept him. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, mate. I'll be babying in the spoils, but I nearly got him out for Bruno Fernandez, but I had enough spare coins sitting there to get out Almiron and get in Bruno. So I did oh, that okay. instead yeah, that's, that's, and that's sort of fair. thought that um, it was pretty much when I was watching the, the Wolves City game and I saw how diabolical Wolves were defensively and I thought maybe just there's this one week where I can finally get my return from Salah waiting since game week one um, to get that return. But, you know, the plan is hopefully if I still have him there next week, um, you know, easy spot to like uh, KDB or someone else like that. But I may even keep him next week, keep him until about 25 and then get him out for Son. So if uh, yeah, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, probably be when Son hits form. Yeah, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if anyone has listened to our last previous pods, but I spoke about how Batman had no powers, but as soon as he's taken the mask off, he's become Bruce Wayne and he's got his powers <laughs> back again. So yeah, um, <laughs> definitely a downgrade option. But we'll get into our next fixture, which is uh, Aston Villa at home to Leicester. Um, this is actually a very good fixture in terms of not knowing who to pick who's going to win because Leicester have five wins. Aston Villa have five wins and there's also three draws. So I'm actually going to go with a draw this game. I think two all. I'm hoping we get to see uh, Teti uh, make his debut for Leicester because he's an absolutely is. I'd say he's part of the Razzler ship, as Dan will um, say, but he is an absolute talent. So I'm hoping he does play this game. Madison, we saw return last week. So... I'm just hoping that um, he's fully fit because this could be a really good game. I think that Aston Villa have looked a bit better the last few weeks, but I think Leicester, I'm hoping that, um, you know, they get their players on the pitch because Teti, uh, Madison, Vardy up top, I think that's a fire three there that could get some goals. So I'm going to say two all in this game. I think Madison is going to be the pick this week. I think he could actually have a decent day out against Villa. So he's my pick for this week. What are your thoughts, Manny? Yeah, I think you make a good point about Madison. Um, when he comes back, he's fit and he's playing. Like he gets points, and these are always the types of games where the Villa are looking a lot better under Unai Emery. They've done really well to get Unai Emery, and, and Villa had good players 
you know, and a good squad in place. Um, you know, they were better than the position that they were in the league. But these are the sort of games that James Madison just comes out and scores two goals and the game ends up 2-2. Um, yeah. we've, you know, we've seen this stuff happen a lot in FPL. So I think maybe uh, a sort of a 2-2-3-2 Villa type of game. I can see there being a lot of goals. You know, Leicester aren't very good at the back. I know they got your um, on your favourite players now, Harry Suter, who plays yeah, for Socceroos. Big suits. So, if he makes his debut, that that could actually benefit Leicester because he's obviously a solid defender, and they they need that. They can make an instant impact. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling otherwise. We're going to be a, a bit of a goal feast. I'm liking Madison um, for Villa. I'm still very like keen on uh, Buendia. Um, I think he's got another good score in him, uh, and I think all this could be a good game for Ollie Watkins. Um, so yeah, I think this could be a sort of a two-two-three-two type of game, um, and Ollie Watkins and Buendia and your man Madison are sort of the players that I'm liking. No, I like it, mate. And I just had a quick look. Um, the person who performs best in this fixture is good old Harvey Barnes. Four goals in their last uh-huh. four games against Villa. So um, probably wouldn't be rushing into Harvey Barnes, but. You know, if you do like a differential, he might be an all right shout in a fixture like this. Or yeah. we might get into our um, next game, which is Brentford at home to Southampton. This is a tricky mm. fixture for me. I think that Brentford at home are really good. Uh, Southampton away from home, not so great. But they did look good in uh, week 21. I thought they looked good in the cup game as well against Newcastle. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Southampton to spring an upset 2-1 against Brentford. I think Mm. that, yeah, I think this could be a game where we see it pretty tight, but I think Southampton, um, they just signed a new striker. Um, I'll get his name up now. Um, Paul Anotchu from Genk. Um, He's been on fire in the Belgium League. So I think looking at his stats, so he's – um, started 14 games this season for 16 goals in the, the the Belgium League, which obviously is not the same standard as the Premier League, but I think he could be the talisman they've been looking for. Obviously, they've had Chi Adams, they've had Armstrong, um, they you know had Brozier in there on loan, so they've I think they've been struggling to find that striker. So he could be the player that they've been looking for, and I don't think he'll start because he only just recently signed, but he might get a bench appearance. But, yeah, I think this is going to be a better performance for Southampton. I think they're going to score. And I'm going to say Perraud as a bit of a, um, oh, Perraud, a differential yeah. pick. So he does get uh, – he does make it forward. He is attacking. So I can see him getting at least one attacking return this game. What are your thoughts, Matty? Yeah, look, I know what you mean with sort of saying you think Southampton might win because – what can happen towards the end of the season is it seemed like Brentford have been really consistent this year and really, really strong. You can get these, well, we're not at the end of the season, we're halfway through, but I mean, you can get these spells where as good as Brentford have been, they can still have a defeat in them against a bottom half sort of team. Um, and Southampton have obviously got a new coach in lately. <laughs> You know, they've probably got a little bit more confidence in the team. So I can sort of see see the argument for them to potentially win. But 
I was talking about Brentford based on how strong and solid they've been. And the defence is so organised. Like Ben Mee's been brilliant. Um, David Raya, your mate, another one of your FPL mates, David Raya, absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. Double-digit scores in FPL, saves, bonus, um, you know, brilliant keeper. Um, and I've still got Ivan Tony, so I'm really hoping he can come out and just do one of his Ivan Tony specials where – you know, he just turns up on a Saturday and he's like, I want to score a hat-trick today because he does it. He just comes out and gets two two or three goals that, when no one expects it. And I'm hoping this is the one. Um, this is probably going to be his last week in my team um, because he does blank in 25 and he's got a difficult fixture in 23. Um, so I'm going to back Brentford to win 2-0. I'm going to, I'm going to back Tony to get both goals um, and another David Raya, you know, 10-pointer properly. So, yeah, that's... That's what I can sort of see in this. And, um, you know, Ben Mee has just been brilliant in that defence. Um, I've seen a lot of his price rose this week. And, yeah, I've got a mate who actually doubled up on the um, the Brentford defence in game week. Would have been 22. He wildcarded. Sorry, game week 21. Sorry, the last game week. He wildcarded and, and they, they beat Leeds 2-0. And David Raya got, I think, 11 points. Ben Mee got six or seven points and. You know, I can see him getting another clean sheet. So I think, yeah, it's um, the uh, yeah the Brentford defence and Tony. Like, it could be a good week for them. Two two nil Brentford, I think. No, definitely, it's a weird fixture because, as you said, there's there's those games where it's just a random result. It's like yeah. a, almost like a one off. Like I I've seen this so many times this year where even in terms of FPL, you sort of target a fixture and you know you have high hopes and then you wake up and you see the score and it's just like the complete opposite result yeah. that you thought would happen. So I feel yeah. like I, I could back Brentford in and then wake up and then it's like 2-0 to Southampton and everyone's mm. going, no one saw that coming. <laughs> and I think yeah, this could be that true. game. And they both but, wear the same, color kit, the same colours, so that always kind of makes it a bit strange because <laughs> they're both red and white. <laughs> yeah, well, it's... Um, yeah, I think Tony probably could have a decent um, game against Southampton because they are still giving up chances. But, yeah, it's probably one fixture where I'm not really invested in, but probably definitely looking at Brentford assets for the future because I do have a decent run. But we'll get into Newcastle at home to West Ham in the next fixture. This game has produced goals over the years. So, you know, outside of the one-all draw just recently, we've had a 4-2, a 3-2, a 2-0, and a 2-all, and a 3-2. So there definitely are goals in this fixture. I don't think West Ham are sort of humming along like they were in previous seasons. So I'm going to say Newcastle, probably 1-0 in this fixture. I think Trippier is going to be you know, another good pick this week like he's been all season. So I think people that have got Trippier. I think Almiron, Almiron, as much as I got him out this week, I think that this is a return to form. I think he gets a goal in this game, but I think it's going to be a tight fixture. I think West Ham will get a few chances, but I just think Newcastle are going to be too good at home defensively for me. So, yeah, I think 1-0 to Newcastle. What about you, Matty? Yeah, look, obviously the spirit of Damo lives on on the podcast whilst he's obviously away <laughs> at the moment. And I'd like to be I'd like to try and be positive for Damo, but it's hard to with West Ham this season. They've looked really sort of out of sorts. They've not looked good at all. A um, bit all over the place. While still having some very good players, they've obviously got Declan Rice um, in there. 
Um, I can't think of too many other good players West Ham have now. Obviously, Gerald Bowen. <laughs> Gerald Bowen's a brilliant player. He's just started picking up form too, Gerald Bowen. Um, you know, West, West Ham have a, a, you know, a better squad than where they are in the league. You know, Cresswell, um, you know, they've got uh, a couple of good goalkeepers too and they've got some solid players. And I think, uh, you know, Ben Rama too, I think this is a tough game for them. Um, it's always hard to go up St. James's Park. Newcastle are just so strong defensively. They've really, really got that defence organised. Um, Sven Botman started to come into his own. Dan Burns been a beast. You obviously already mentioned Trippier. Shah's been brilliant. Um, but the one thing that could help West Ham this weekend, and it's it's made me, and I'm never going to bench Trippier because obviously I'm trying to choose who to bench out of White and Lewis Dunk. And a bit of me was like, God forbid I just do the the mad call and bench Trippier because of how good he's been. And, you know, but he's been getting all of his points from bonus and clean sheets lately, not the free kicks that we sort of talked about at Trippier. And the one thing that is making me think Newcastle might concede this weekend is Danny Ings joining West Ham. And Are Danny Ings West Ham? has joined West Ham and he seems to have a knack of scoring on his debut. For every club he joins, he turns up and he scores. He always scores in those opening. Do you remember a couple of years ago, Danny Ings was like the mat, like as soon as he joined Villa, because he was brilliant at Southampton, then he joined Aston Villa and he was just fun. Like he was brilliant. We all had him um, from the start of the season and he was scoring goals for fun. I think even this season we might have had Danny Ings at, at the start. I can't remember if it was this season as well. No, it was um, last season. Was it last season? Season. Yeah, last season. Um, yeah, start of season. It was just a, he was scoring goals of fun. And yeah, and then that season before in lockdown, he was brilliant. And like, um, yeah, he just has this. Now that's the one thing that could help West Ham is the fact that they beat Derby in the FA Cup in the week. Um, they have Danny Ings now, and yeah, but. That's just the spirit of Damo in me that's trying to give <laughs> West Ham a little bit of hope. But, yeah, so maybe I'll go. That's the only thing, yeah, that, that could help them. So, But I'll, I'll probably still say Newcastle to win 1-0, although Bowen's hit some form. But, yeah, 1-0 at Newcastle. Well, you can tell it was a blockbuster signing for me because I didn't even realise he'd signed for West Ham. <laughs> so. I know, yeah, I think West Ham, I think... Yeah, it's all just gone a little bit quiet there for now. I think they're a little bit nervous that they might be, you know, they're obviously in a bit of a relegation scrap. I think they'll survive, but yeah, they're a little bit nervous at the moment, so they've just gone a bit quiet. No, definitely. I think Damo's even, um, you know, poo-pooing West Ham, so you mean that that means that they must be up shit creek because he <laughs> will never, ever be mean to his West Ham, but lately he has not been as positive, so means that they're, you know, they might be in a bad position. But, you know, we won't hammer West Ham too much for Damo's sake. But we're getting on to our next fixture, which is Nottingham Forest at home to Leeds. So this will be Leeds' second fixture uh, for this week to go along with the Man United fixture. I actually think that this could be a high-scoring game. Um, yeah, I'm going to say two, two all to this fixture. I think that um, Forest actually, as much as they didn't really fire a single shot against United in the League Cup, 
Um, Brennan Johnson looked outstanding against us this morning. He had a few good chances there, should have scored, but I think De Gea made a couple of good saves. But I definitely think that Nottingham Forest, um, they've made some really good signings. I think Shelby was a good signing for them. Um, old Voldemort in the middle of the pitch there. Sprinkle is magic. I think he could be good for this week. But, yeah, definitely think my pick for this week is going to be Brennan Johnson. And I think um, I'm going to say Bantford as well. I think Bantford as well could be a good pick against Forrest because, you know, Forrest have been a bit better defensively at home since the World Cup break. But I'm going to say there's going to be goals in this match. And I think Bantford and Brennan Johnson, both good picks for this week. What are your thoughts, Matty? Yeah, this is actually... Uh... See, this is the fixture where we've obviously been talking and talking about Man United's double game. We triple up a Man United. There's all these Man United options. And we are forgetting about Leeds. And, like, they are involved in this double game week. And if this was the start of the season, uh, it's not the start of the season, but if it was, you would have looked at, obviously, the Man United game being a better fixture for Leeds. You'd have looked at this Forest game, even probably before the World Cup, and been like, target this Forest game. You've got a target. But Forest are obviously all the... 50-odd players that they've signed have started to gel now. Um, Steve Cooper, their coach, has got them defending really well again, like he did in the championship. Um, but, yeah, like you said, when everyone's talking up Man United in their double game week, you do tend to get these weird fixtures at this time of the season. And this could be another one that could throw up, you know, a 2-1 Leeds or a 3 one Forest or a 2-2. So I think, yeah, there's going to be goals. I think both teams will score. Um, I'd be interested to see if Kaylor Navas makes his debut in, in the Premier League. That would just be absolutely mad because Dean Henderson, who was so good for Forest, I think is now injured. Um, yeah, oh, that makes sense now. Because I was wondering why they signed him. So I'm like, surely they're not yeah. signing if they just... Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. Isn't it? And they signed um, Jimenez from Atletico Madrid as well. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah. Forest have... Forest have signed oh, yeah. some of the best sort of, you know, the best of the rest. Their team, obviously, they've got Serge Aria, Jesse Lingard, um, Gimenez, Navas, uh, Ren Lodi at left back. They've got some, yeah, they're, they're, they've got something going on there. So, um, yeah, obviously, Brennan Johnson. So I can see there being goals, um, leads. They, this is the type of game they need to find a way to win. Because these are the teams I need to beat. Leeds are in a relic, really. For me, I, I was saying the other day when they asked me my relegation thoughts, and I had to put Leeds in there because I just don't see uh, anything for Leeds right now. I've just not seen seen them really dig deep enough yet. Um, but Weston McKenney is a good signing for them in midfield. Um, yeah, from that's a big signing for them to get him from Juventus. That's that's just huge. That's obviously the pull of having an American manager. So, yeah, look, I'm going to go. Let's go two two because I can see some goals similar to when Forrest played Brentford, and I think that was like maybe two one or three two to Forrest. I can't remember what it was, but everyone was sort of thinking it was going to be a one nil game. Um, and I think yeah, for the double game week. Um, obviously, if you're going to target Leeds, you target. I think Bamford could come back um, with a goal for Leeds. Um, I'm liking your pick from last week, Jack Harrison. I really like that pick. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, maybe that Ganato, the striker, if for five million, if you think he's going to play, if he's fit. But, 
yeah, I think Bamford and Jack Harrison are, are sort of the two kind of appealing ones. And Rodrigo. I like Rodrigo as well. Yeah, nice. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a weird fixture where we'll make an assumption that, you know, it's going to be high scoring and we'll wake up and it's nil all. So <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just one of those. And Rodrigo misses that, a pen. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Someone gets a red card or something. But yeah. we'll get into our last fixture. So it's Spurs at home to Manchester City. I'm going to be bold here. I'm going to say I think Spurs can get something out of this game. I'm going to say one all. I think Spurs, they've got a good record against City at home. So I'm just looking at their head-to-head. So at home, um, City haven't beaten um, Spurs for four games at home. So Spurs have actually a decent record against City at home. So I think that they can keep it tight. I know you said about their defense has not been great, but I think that um, I think the win, even though it was against a low league team, I think the confidence is there. I think Bruce Wayne is going to show up. I think Bruce Wayne is going to be the pick this week, which is Huming Son. I'm going to bag uh, back him to get a goal. I think Kane will probably get the assist, but yeah, I think that they can limit Harlan's contribution, which I think will slow them down a little bit and I think they can get something out of this game. What are your thoughts, Manny? Yeah, look, Spurs, like you said, our record against City at home is the last four years. We haven't lost at the new stadium to them at home. That's yeah. four league games. There was one under um, Mourinho that we won. Uh, there was the one uh, in the lockdown season under Mourinho that we won and Pretty sure both of them we kept clean sheets in both. Then there was the one under Nuno that we won again, clean sheet. Um, and then, oh, that was like, yeah. We also beat them in the Champions League 1-0 um, at home. So, like, we have this thing against Man City um, at home. And I think it's because with Man City, in comparison to a Chelsea, Chelsea... Uh, one of those annoying teams that always seem to beat us because they can def- they can just grind results against us and lead us to... Whereas Man City, they play uh, obviously such an attractive brand of football that we... I don't know, it just seems to... We just seem to find a way to beat them. Um, I don't know what it is. And um, yeah, do I think we're going to do it in this one? Hmm... No content on the sideline. He is sick, which is unfortunate. He, he did get ill. I don't know if you saw, but he had to have surgery. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's had surgery, which is sad. But, um, yeah, like, the sun just turns on in these games. Well, I'm just looking at their home fixtures. So their last four home fixtures against uh, City, um, they've had four wins and Son scored at four goals in four games. So... Um, yeah, he just loves it, and it's Gotham City, mate, and Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I just think the Cancelo thing in the week with City—it was all so strange. We saw him at Bayern Munich last night. He grabbed an assist straight away, and he looked brilliant. And you think there's nothing wrong with this player? Cancelo is a world-class footballer, and it's like he was one of Pep's favourite players. What what happened? And it's happened to a few players, Foden as well, and yeah. I'll go 1-1 one, one because I think... I like it, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'll go 1-1. One, one. I'd like to say that we can win because I think we can. We're capable of it. We've got big players, Perisic, Kane, Son, Kulazewski, Bentoncourt. We've got we've got the players in the team um, to win the game. We just don't have 
the consistency of form this season. If we were going into this game with the form we had in the last five or six weeks of last season, I'd say we'd win this the way Man City have been lately. Um, but yeah, I'll go with maybe a 1-1. One, a one, one. Um, maybe City might nick the win, but look, if if Spurs can get a draw, if we, even if we lose the game 1-0, um, and at least sort of give it a go, considering you know the form we've we've kind of been in this season at times. Like I think you know we'll, we'll take that. City, I always feel like it's a lottery of a fixture for for a lot of clubs. So yeah, let's no, see. And I'm, I'm keeping Kane, and you know I'm, I'm possibly keeping Kulusevski for it. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, you know what? You could even back yourself this week for everyone that's listening and bench Haaland because if Spurs win one nil. You're only going to get two points from Haaland. So I wonder if anyone's going to be bold <laughs> enough to bench him this week. You never know. Imagine. Imagine that. <laughs> It'd be insane. It'd be brilliant. But it happened at Old Trafford. He went to Old Trafford and he went to Anfield and he went to Stamford Bridge and didn't score in any of those games. No, exactly. You could be onto something, mate. Um, I might, just before we obviously move on to the next part of the pod, just might touch on there's been a bit of talk around Haaland um, saving your triple captaincy um, for obviously Haaland's double next week against Arsenal and Villa. I just just want to point out that against Arsenal, just recently the FA Cup had two shots, one chance created, no goals. Against Man United, two shots, zero shots on target, no goals. Chelsea three shots on tar- uh, three shots zero on target no goals, and Villa have conceded two goals in their last four games, and then they're also coming up against Arsenal in that double as well. So, yeah, I just I know it's Harlan, and a lot of people saw him against Wolves with the four shots three goals and only had sixteen touches, but two of those goals are gifted by bad defensive errors from Wolves. So, I think. I know people don't want to go with the EO this week and, and triple captain the Manchester United asset, especially Rashford, but sometimes it just, I don't know, I'm maybe looking into it too deep. You might have another opinion on this, Matt, but I just I just think you want to live in the now. You can see what's happening now, which is Manchester United, really good. Manchester City, I still think they're below par, even though they have got some results recently, but I think that, yeah, just basing it on what Haaland's done at the start of the year to looking at the double next week, I just think that it's similar to the week 20 double where people were sort of just looking at Haaland going, well, he could easily score six goals even though the fixtures weren't great. Um, what are your thoughts on that, mate? I think with his triple captain and, and Haaland and, and Rashford and everything, if you're a Man United fan like you are right now, you were triple captain in Rashford because... What a great opportunity to captain someone from the team you support with two home games against two teams that are showing no form. Leeds are showing no form. Palace are showing no form. And Man United are winning home games by at least two to three goals lately against these sort of bottom sides. So Rashford right now, if you look at it, is the best triple captain option that we can see right now. It's better than Haaland's double next week because... Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Like Man United's form and fixtures are better than the than the fixtures that Haaland has and Man City have. Um, 
And I think it is kind of like makes a lot of sense, triple captain in Rashford, especially for Man United fans. Like the one thing I will quickly say, now I sort of said and thought about it, is Harlan can score hat-tricks at any given moment. So he could easily play against Villa, right, and score a hat-trick in 30 minutes. Because we've seen, yeah. we've seen him do that stuff. But yeah. you then look at the Arsenal game and think, although they did concede two goals against Man United, that could be a nil-nil, one-nil or, or whatever, and Harlan could do nothing. So, like, I think over these two game weeks, Rashford is the better captain option because United have got great home form. They're playing against two teams who are struggling and struggling away from home. Rashford's on the form of his life. Um, he's a midfielder, so he gets midfielder points. He'll also get a clean sheet point if United keep a clean sheet. What I will say is if you don't use your triple captain this week, don't use it next week because I think there will be a better double game week coming up towards the end of the season, either for Haaland in around game week 28 or 29, I think it is. Uh, yeah, well, City, yeah, 29, I think. 29. So City in game week 29 at this stage have... And I think they're possible game, double game weeks 37 and maybe 33, possibly. Okay, so... Okay, well, the, yeah, the 29 was Liverpool. 33, okay, it was Arsenal, which is tough anyway. Um, and then 37 towards the end of the season. Okay, Chelsea, okay. Thing is, though, you just don't know who else is going to come into form and have a double, but... Yeah. So even I'd... Bruno, for me, is a better option than Harlan Triple Captaincy next week as well. Interesting. It's tough. I've obviously been back in Bruno all week, but I like to go diff- I like to go against what other people are doing because it's just part of being picking differentials and going a bit different. But I still think I still think Haaland is better than Bruno because Haaland's just you know, he's Yeah, like Haaland could get four goals. goals against Villa. Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing. But I think between these next two triple captains, I still think Rashford is the better one. But because I don't know what the other double game weeks are going to look like in 29, 33, 37 or whatever, I can't say this is going to be the best triple captain season because you could end up getting Haaland or Harry Kane or Son when he hits form. And if, if Spurs are on form at the end of the season or, um, you know, City and Haaland isn't injured and it's game week 37 and City or 36 or whatever and City get a double game week against a team that's already been relegated. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, Haaland could come out and score like four goals. So, like, yeah, I think right now out of the next two game weeks, Rashford is the best hands down to the end of the season. Can't say. We don't know. We don't have enough, um, like, data at the moment or facts to kind of, we don't know the fixtures. So, um, yeah. yeah, but... I'm probably going to have to... kind of wish City doubled this week to make it interesting. So do I. So, I actually agree. So you're think... forced to actually make a decision between Haaland and Rashford and not have just, obviously, Rashford or Bruno pretty much this week. It would be nice to see that to see what people would do. It would have been brilliant because I would have liked to see if people go... Harland on the fact that they think he's going to get a hat-trick in the game against Villa 
um, or Rashford because they think he just returns one goal in each game. So, yeah, I agree. I think that would have been um, yeah, would have been a lot better. So I think I've been talking in our group chat ever since United started to play good after the World Cup break. I'm like, I really hope they get a double soon because I'm slapping the triple captaincy straight on Rashford. <laughs> and then um, and the rumours obviously were circling around this double game week. And I'm like, I really hope it happens because that's exactly what I'll be doing. But, yeah, just the shame that um, now the rest of the FPL community is going to be on the same uh, decision, which, you know, obviously you're not going to get too much gain out of it. But, yeah definitely probably is the best option at least for the short term and obviously not knowing fixtures going forward like you mentioned but we might get into the last bit of the pod which is differentials i've got one differential for you this week i'm going to say mudrick from at chelsea 2.5 percent owned um seven million um as i said he didn't get a lot of game time against the liverpool but he looked really good and you know i still think that um Chelsea can improve. They haven't been great lately, but I think against Liverpool, they probably deserved that win. They had a lot more chances than Liverpool, and, you know, they got a decent run coming up. So they got full on this week, then they've got West Ham, then Southampton, and then a hard game against Spurs, but then have Leeds, Leicester, Everton, Villa, Wolves, and Brighton. So their fixture run's actually not too bad, and I think that this week we might see him start, and I think he could be a nice little differential pick there at $7 million. Um, what about you, Manny? Is there anyone you like this week? Yeah, I like that Modric one. Um, but I think, yeah, for me, I'll just have to stick with... Um, I'll have to stick with Casemiro, I think, just for... I know he's defensive midfielder, but for the fact that he's been scoring in these cup games and stuff, and, like, you know, he's playing two teams, uh, you know, that are struggling at the moment result-wise. So, yeah, I'll go Casemiro just because he's got two games. He's low-owned. He's finally he's just scoring goals in a defensive position. So yeah, probably Casemiro from from Man United for the double game week. And then um, if I just pick another one um, that isn't Casemiro, um, then maybe Son against Man City because he always scores against them. Let's do it. I like it, mate. And Dan would be very happy with those decisions, mate. I think Dan <laughs> is doing this, um, getting in Casemiro this week. So we might get into our team plans for this week. So at the moment, I've got the triple captaincy on Rashford. I bought in Fernandez for Almiron. So I'm going to be lining up with Kepper in goals, Trippier, Shaw, Robertson. Then I've got Solly March, Odegaard, Salah, Rashford, Fernandez, then Nketiah and Harlan, and then I got Kuka Razzla as first sub. So, you know, I'm confident that I can get some all right returns and a nice hat trick from Marcelo would be very nice and, you know, very deserving of, you know, the captain that stayed on this ship that's slowly sinking as the season goes on. But what about you, Manny? What are your moves for this week? Um, I'm tossing up between, um, it's going to be a minus four, regardless, so Ericsson's going to have to leave and it's probably going to be Bruno coming in. And there's either Cancelo out and, and a Man City defender in ready for next week. Um, and I'll just yep. bench that Man City defender this week and play Kulazewski in my midfield. Or it's Erdegaard for Kulazewski, uh, Fernandez for Ericsson. Um, but by doing that, it means I won't be able to bring Saka in next week because I won't yep. have enough money. Um, unless I bring Saka in for Bruno Fernandes, but my plan would 
be to bring in a Man City midfielder against Aston Villa for Bruno Fernandes. So that's kind of where I'm at. But I look at it and think, I feel like Saka's a better pick than Erdegaard uh, for the double game week next week. But yeah, that that being said would be, well, would Erdegaard be a better pick this week? Like over these three games, will Erdegaard outscore Saka and Kulusevski in this one game. That that's that's the other way I've got to look at it. So I'm not sure. That's that's kind of what I'm looking at doing. Um, I've already got like Kane coverage with Spurs. If I did get rid of Kulusevski anyway, um, but I know yeah. I'd also be kicking myself if I got rid of Kulusevski um, and he ends up scoring a goal after you know owning him this whole time because he did score against Man City in in the last game a few weeks ago. So. Yeah, that's kind of where yeah, I'm at. I was pumped for you. I thought you got rid of him, and I'm like, oh, Matt's going to be so filthy. Then I looked at your team, and you still had him, so I was happy for you. Yeah, and like that was a nice boost in that game week. So, yeah, and then as for the triple captain, um, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's either Rashford or Fernandez. I think it's probably going to end up being Rashford now because it's just making more and more sense. Um, and I think Fernandez will be low enough owned that if he does return points, um, he will still gain me a green arrow. And I just look at it and think, if I triple captain Bruno Fernandes, then I still think, I just can't see, like Bruno Fernandes, say he got 20 points and Rashford got 15 points. I'm not gaining much either way. I just feel like Fernandes won't, outscore Rashford enough for it to be worth triple captain in Fernandez now. Yeah. So yeah, I'm probably gonna have to do it. I think I think the, the reason I will do the triple captain now is because it gives me the opportunity to um use the chips later on. Yeah, in, in the other game weeks now. And I look at it and think the way that my season's gone, I would have liked to use my triple captain on a single game week where I picked you know, like a Son hat trick like I did last season against Villa and it was like, wow, what a, what a pick. But that's just not going to be the way this year. So, yeah, edging towards Rashford again now. No, I like it, mate. Um, yeah, I ended up taking a minus four this week. So hopefully um, that is the right decision. But I think um, Fernandez is going to be low enough to get some gain out of it because I think a lot of people, the way they structure their team, they're either going to have to sort of get Kane out to – try get him in or they're going to have to forgo KDB which some people aren't willing to obviously with their double next week and not going to burn two transfers so hopefully there's enough people in that position that they can't get him in and at least gives us a nice little boost if Fernandez does get some nice returns this week yeah that would be nice so but that wraps up our pod for this week like thank you for coming on Matty um you did feel uh, Damo shoes quite well, mate. Might have to uh, think about maybe replacing him for you, mate. <laughs> no, thanks for having me on, mate. It's been good to um, <laughs> to come back on, and like I hope Damo's good. Um, it'd be nice to hopefully eventually do a, uh, a podcast, uh, the three of us again. That's at some stage, but now it's been good to come on, mate. Good to preview all the games, and um, yeah, look, it's you know it's not been the best season for for fantasy football for me, but. You know, I'm still plugging away and I'm still going to enjoy, you know, a double game week and, you know, get involved and, yeah, let's see what happens. At least you're in the trenches with me, mate. You've got good company. So. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. 
<laughs> well, for all of our stuff, head over to our Twitter, um, FL Amateurs uh, Oz. Um, head over to our podcast channel. So we've got our podcast on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes. Um, and head over to our Facebook page, FL Amateurs Oz. We've got a nice little community group there. You can get involved. Um, also, Matt, your what are your socials again? You've got Twitter, you've got TikTok, you've got YouTube, pretty much everything under the sun. Yeah, so I've got um, yeah YouTube at FPL Matt Day, uh, TikTok at FPL Matt Day, Twitter at FPL Matt Day, uh, and then Instagram at FPL Matt Day. So if you go onto any one of those, you've got to click on the link tree, and you can just kind of follow me on all of those. So um, yeah, you can uh, you can find me on there and. Um, yeah, all similar sort of stuff. I do a lot of shorts at the moment, so sort of quick shorts and differentials and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, come on there and, um, yeah, chat some FPL. No, definitely. And you actually have been on fire for a couple of your picks as well each week. They've actually been scoring good. So I definitely recommend heading over to his pages, having a look, because he does put up his articles and posts on plays that he's looking at for the upcoming game weeks. And I very rarely do you ever miss, so I definitely think that there's a lot of value in that. And uh, everyone, we'll be back next week for another episode, but until then, good luck this week. Mm-hmm.